Welcome in. It is week 11, Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. Kyle Borgannoni here with Matt Betts. Betts, how's it going for you, man? Doing great, Kyle. I'm really excited about week 11. I feel like I'm excited every week, honestly. I mean, DFS has just been so fun this year. And our listeners just keep sending these screenshots where they're making all this money. And I have to ask myself, how are you doing that? But then I realized they're taking our advice. So I didn't didn't just like go back and listen to our show and do the same thing that our listeners are doing, man. But it's been a tons of fun to see uh, people winning money and having fun with us this year. So, man, it's been a fun ride and I'm just excited to keep it going. Yeah, we had a listener send this in and I thought this would be a great way to start off the show. Um, They sent us a screenshot of just some cash lineups. And what I loved is uh, this listener chose the exact same ones that I was actually in these. They're 50-50s on DraftKings and really large fields. So, you know, we're talking three or 4,000 people uh, where you only have to be better than half the field. And so those are the exact same ones I play each week. I would recommend people, um, if you're learning how to play cash, these are the type of ones you do. You know, if it's $15 entry, these are some 25s that he was in. But this is what he wrote, and he says, thank you to you and the Fantasy PT. That's you, Betts. Thanks for the advice. This one, this was my first contest uh, that I bet more than just a few bucks on, and this winning will be uh, put towards my wedding fund. So, Bets, did you know that we are funding marriage, marriage? I love it. And as someone who got married just a few months ago, um, I now really appreciate when people always say, like, oh, man, like, you won't believe how expensive it is. Holy crap, it's so expensive. So, yes, take your DFS earnings, and you can also say to your uh, your future wife, like, Hey, honey, um, I'm doing this research for you because I love you so, so much. So, yes, that's a pro move right there. Now that, that's what we're rebranding about DFS. We're, and then on our show, we're talking about it's DFS for the rest of us. And for the rest of us, it's it's couples that are going to get married. I mean, that is the goal, honestly, of the show <laughs> is to bring people together. And I know Jason's brought this up on the main podcast, but one day we want members of the Foot Clan to just somehow meet online, they want to join a league together, they get married, and then Jason can officiate it. I've officiated a couple of weddings, so maybe that's our thing for DFS. Can you uh, imagine? I love it. <laughs> Jason as an officiant. <laughs> I would not be able to take it seriously. The whole time you'd just be laughing. So, Bets, let's kind of recap week 10 and how it went for you. I know that there was one thing and one person that you are pretty mad at. It was rough. It was a rough week. I'll be honest with the listeners. I did not have a great week in cash. I and in general too. This is kind of a good point. I think for a lot of people, the chalk really did fail this week. If you played the chalky running backs like Mike Davis, Duke Johnson, etc., it really did not work out. Aaron Jones as well. But the the guy that I just I'm crushed that I did not go up an extra hundred dollars and I had the money to do it to get to Steph Diggs. I played Michael Thomas and obviously that did not work out very well. So it was a down week, but you know, in DFS, we've talked about it. You got to have that long, long-term mindset. So we're back for week eleven, and uh, Michael Thomas. Now you're dead to me. Not really. <laughs> I was, I was sweating out because we had a lot of similar cash game players in our lineup, and it wasn't looking good. Like you said, the chalk failed, and I would say it was one of the chalkiest weeks I've ever seen in DFS, 
where there was just a couple of running backs that were soaking up most of the roster percentages. I mean, Aaron Jones in my in my cash were was fifty five percent rostered, and then Mike Davis, you know, was four K on DraftKings, like he was eighty six percent on some of them. So that's just insane, and they didn't really get there. But for me, I finally cashed in one of the last plays of the week. Stefan Diggs, when he caught that touchdown, it put me over the top. And then in one tournament, that touchdown put me in first place. So it was a single entry, you know, uh, not, a, not a huge buy-in, but a single entry. And I was in first place in a tournament. And I was just like, I did it. This is it. There was really nothing left on the slate. And then what do you know? Kyler hits that bomb to Hopkins. And I lost $300 on that one play. But uh, I still got in third in the tournament. It was totally fine. But for me, um, it was a tough week. Uh, I, I did fine in cash, but I just think across the board, uh, if you stayed with with like what you thought were good plays, they probably failed you. Uh, you really had to get kind of contrarian uh, across the board. And we'll talk about that this week. What are the chalk plays? Who do you want to play this week? So uh, yeah, we'll get into that. But Betts, let's talk about next week because next week is kind of like a holy grail for DFS, and we have something special next week. We have an extra podcast that we're going to oh, put out there. Oh, so. let's go. Thanksgiving week, dude. I love the Thanksgiving Day slate. So, yeah, Kyle and I are going to be doing two shows next week. Double the bets in Borgogan uh, on your podcast app next week. One will release on Wednesday, correct, for the, the Thursday games for Thanksgiving, the three-game slate. And then, as per usual, the Friday release for the main, sh- main slate. So, Man, I, I don't know about you, but that's the, the best day of the year, I think, to play DFS on Thanksgiving. For sure, yeah. So because Thanksgiving is such a, a great day, you have that three-game slate. And Betts usually writes a Thursday uh, kind of preview article, so that's what he's going to do in the DFS pass this next week. But your games, just to let you know, next week for Thanksgiving is Houston at Detroit, Washington at Dallas, and then at night it's Baltimore at Pittsburgh. So there's some fun fun teams, um, some fun games and uh, should be really good. So yeah, next week we have a podcast coming out Wednesday and then the normal main slate will come out Friday. If you want our picks for Thanksgiving, if you want to get our pace of play article, um, just what we do for FanDuel and DraftKings, uh, you can get the DFS pass. It's still half price, $29.99. We think it's a great deal. We think, honestly, you get this pass, you enter in a couple of you know cash lineups for Thanksgiving. You can make it back on Thanksgiving while you're getting fat. So what's better to make money while you get, I mean, that's America, right? There's literally nothing better. That's, that's the dream right there. So yeah. <laughs> hey honey, I got, got us some money for a wedding and I'm fatter now. So do you want to still get married? <laughs> that's the true test of love right there. So yeah, go online, ultimatedfspass.com and we'll get into the main slate. State of the main slate. Main slate this week, uh, there's some interesting uh, overarching ideas that we we usually like to start off the show and talk about. And one of the big things is quarterback this week. Uh, There's no Kyler. Uh, He's playing on Thursday night. There's no Mahomes playing Sunday night. Uh, Russell Wilson's also playing Thursday night. There's no Josh Allen. So those top tier guys that you've probably uh, rode to some victories, they're not there this week. And so at the top, it's Lamar Jackson. But overall, quarterback, I think, is actually a pretty hard position this week. Like, it's it's just, there's not really a standout play where last week we were saying, please play Kyler Murray, um, lock him in your cash game lineups, and he was super popular. So quarterbacks will be interesting. 
at running backs, we know that Christian McCaffrey is declared out. And so at the top, it's Kamara, it's Dalvin Cook, and then uh, Derrick Henry, if you want to go down a little bit further. Wide receivers at the top, it is Devontae Adams, still in a tier of his own. And then we've been saying this, but tight ends is even rougher this week. It's like you play maybe Mark Andrews at the top. I mean, he, he had a decent game last week without scoring a touchdown, but I mean, tight ends is still rough. So before we get into the games, bets, anything you want to give about just your overarching thoughts of this slate? Because we don't have these giant totals like we've had in weeks before. Yeah, usually when I write up the um, the game stacks article in the DFS pass, we'll kind of collaborate before we go, go on the show and say, like, these are the five we love. This is what we'll talk about. And I, I messaged you. I was like, dude, I don't really... I don't want to like just write it just to write it. Like I don't love these games. So we're going to pick four this week and change it up a little bit, which we'll get into at the end of the show. But um, it's, it's a really tricky slate, I think, because there's, like you said, not those high profile players that we can just lock and load into our lineup every week and, you know, not think twice about it. And I found with roster construction in kind of playing around on both sites, there's not a lot of awesome value plays that I feel really excited about. Like if I remember correctly, I think it was two weeks ago, there was like Jerry Judy at like 4,700 on DraftKings. And you're like, yes, that's a fantastic play. Do it. Or Deontay Johnson at like 5,000 was great. Like there's not a lot of those type of plays. So we're going to have to get really, I think, um, tricky with our lineups to get those types of plays in there. But hopefully we can help you guys out today on the show by doing that. Yeah. So usually on the show, like Beth said, we give five games that we like to stack. Um, this week, we're going to kind of extend it where we're going to give our four games and then we're going to give you some quick picks. Uh, this week, we're going to just go down each of the rest of the games. So the other games on the main slate, there's about six other ones. And then just say, OK, here's some quick plays that you could kind of do. Here's a correlation play, like play this running back on one side, play a wide receiver on the other side. And hopefully that'll give you a bigger picture of this slate because I, I think it's a bit trickier than what we've seen where before you're getting totals, you know, 55, 56 and I, I think that's what usually you can bank on. It's like, oh, man, these teams are going to score. But this week, uh, it's just not there. But there is a game at the top that is super interesting for a number of different reasons. It's the Atlanta Falcons at the New Orleans Saints. Saints are four-and-a-half-point home favorites. This game has a 51-and-a-half-point total. But what's interesting in this game is we have Jameis Winston likely as the starting quarterback. Drew Brees is dealing with some major injuries. hope he gets better. Uh, but Jameis Winston is just a wild card. Like there's so many different scenarios in this game. And that's what I make, I think makes it interesting apart from just the total is, is Jameis going to (laughs) Jameis? Like, is he going to go full on, uh, throwing those picks, but then have to come back or are they going to manage him? Are they going to say, you know, we want to protect Jameis, as I said on the podcast from himself, they want to protect him from, (laughs) uh, turnovers. So, how are you approaching Jameis this week? Because on on DraftKings, he's a major value at 5,900. So are you interested in him? Could you play him in cash or is he too volatile? That's that's really where the conversation comes down to because I will play a couple Jameis Winston lineups because of the value on, on DraftKings specifically at 5,900 and because we didn't even talk about the matchup, right? Like the Falcons, we just know it's like, oh yeah, you play your quarterback and you play your pass catchers against them and it usually works out. So I do want some of him, but to me... I'm not sure I can trust him in cash because there's two factors at play. One is, you know that Sean Payton is just so beside himself, excited to play Taysom Hill more and more and more this week, if at all possible, which I do believe he will. The other thing is that, you know, we love Jameis Winston because of what 
Bruce Arians let him do, which is just drop back, squint down the field and say, I think Mike Evans is over there and just chuck it deep, which for fantasy was awesome. But last week, if you watched when the snaps that he played, he was actually not doing that quite a, quite a bit. It was pretty kind of short area like targets. Like I think Michael Thomas is in the intermediate game is going to be his first, second and third read. And I think they just tell him, Jameis, don't screw this up for us. <laughs> like just do it. Teddy did last year, deliver the ball to Michael Thomas and things will be fine. So I, I'm not sure that I can trust him in cash despite the price. I do want to have some exposure to him though in tournaments, just given the upside that we've seen from him in the past. Yeah, I, I think for me, he's very tempting for cash, like because of the price. But yeah. just in terms of like my own, like I, I just want to make sure that I'm not tilting too much on <laughs> Your Sunday. Your own heart rate. <laughs> on for Sunday. real, like, I mean, James in a tournament is fun and people will play him. So just know that it's not a secret. Um, and what remains to be seen is Michael Thomas. You mentioned him earlier on the show. Like his price is is affordable. Uh, on DraftKings, it's 7,300. So I think that's something that's in play. He's 8,200 on FanDuel. Um, he's seeing 10 targets a game, uh, and Atlanta's allowing the second most fantasy points. So I'm tempted to put Thomas in a cash game lineup, but because of the variable of Winston, I just can't click the button. Uh, it's just way easier for me to say, you know what? I know what I'm going to get from Kamara. Uh, I know that the Falcons always give up uh, receptions to the running back position. The dude has a 26% target share, which is, for a running back, Filthy. Uh, Filthy. unbelievable. <laughs> so Kamara is easily you know, one of the top plays on the slate. Uh, just throw out his price. It doesn't really matter. You want him in your lineup. Uh, but yeah, anybody else on the Saints side? I mean, is there, I don't know, is there anybody else? I mean, what do we do? Jared Cook, he goosed last week, but is there any other tight end? <laughs> my mind's telling me no, but my body... My body, my body. Telling me yes. Taysom Hill. The year is 2020. Weird things are happening, but Taysom Hill is tight end eligible on FanDuel, and he is $4,500. It is absolutely a steal. It's almost like if you don't play him at tight end, you know, look in the mirror and say, what am I doing? Because the price is excellent. He's going to get not only pass attempts, he's also going to rush the football. He's going to catch a few passes, probably. He could even recover a fumble on a punt return like I don't he can do anything <laughs> but he get he's eligible for the tight end position and at the price that he's at and we were talking before the show like literally if your tight end gets you like six points you're through you're you're ecstatic so a guy like that who's going to be used a ton at $4,500 on FanDuel to me is the place I'm starting every single lineup I think I might even play him in every tournament lineup too it's just a ridiculous value and um, it's a cheat code. I don't really understand why they're pricing him there, why they're giving him that eligibility there, but he is, and we're going to take advantage. So yes, 2020, what a year. Right. No, I feel reluctant one, cause I don't like Taysom Hill. Um, I don't like the saints, but, I, but, but I, when I moved past my own bias, you, you pointed out it's the price. So 4,500 is a punt play. And we, we recommend punting tight ends most of the time because they're just terrible. Last week, Rob Gronkowski was the tight end one. He talked, he caught two balls. Like it, it just really doesn't matter. I had a couple people message me last week uh, about Gerald Everett and they're like, what happened? I thought we were sending the mountain. Where did we go? And I was like, dude, look around at the tight end position. It didn't matter. It really did not matter. In fact, I would rather punt my tight end, save a ton of cash and pay up at other positions. Uh, Cause I think it's going to save you. But like you mentioned, he's going to get, I don't know, eight to 10 touches 
and you're just not going to be able to find that kind of volume anywhere else, especially this week. There's no Kelsey uh, on the slate, so and there's no Waller. So it's like Andrews, and then everybody else is basically a punt anyway. So yeah, Taysom Hill on FanDuel is uh, locked and loaded. And like I said, if he let's just say he gooses, that's the worst. Euro X still okay in cash. Yeah, you still. We have, to be, we have to be clear too. He is not eligible on DraftKings. This is a FanDuel only play for the tight end. Um, but before we move on, I just want to give a, give us a shout out because it crushed me that Gerald Everett got tackled at the one yard line. Otherwise, he would have been the tight end one on the week. Oh, you hate to see it. See, they need a fantasy category for that. Like they do. You, you you track this a lot. I've noticed this in the show doc. Like Tyler Lockett the week before was tackled on the one. That that year that Calvin Johnson just like continued like it really does matter and it completely changes your psyche of the week. You're like, oh, that guy didn't have a terrible week. He just if he just would have gotten one more inch, he would have gotten in. So yeah, exactly. It, it really does change things. So let's go to the Falcons side. My Falcons. Um, why is Matt Ryan only sixty three hundred on DK in a dome in a high total? He's cheap. Yeah, he's cheap for what he does, especially given that he's, you know, we talk about all the time on DraftKings is probably the favorite each week, not named Patrick Mahomes to hit the 300 yard bonus over there on DK. So, yeah, you you do love to see it. I will say they've been pretty good as far as the Saints on defense against quarterbacks earlier in the year. They were getting burnt, but this is a high over under. Certainly, we expect points to be put up and like we've said, you know, Matt Ryan in a dome is, is pretty much a lock. So I do like his price on on DraftKings specifically at 6.3K. I think he's really affordable there. And if you want to build a stack with his pass catchers, I think it's a great play this week. Yeah, we don't know Calvin Ridley's status right now. We're recording Wednesday night. So that does change things. Um, Ridley's been super successful against the Saints. Like he had that three touchdown game a couple years ago, if you remember. He's averaging nine targets and 90 receiving yards per game against the division rival. And then with Julio, let's say Ridley is out. Um, he's still not recovered. In four games without Ridley over the last two years, Julio has a very cool targets in four games. That will get it done, people. And I really just wanted to use that drop to talk about my favorite wide receiver <laughs> in the league. So Julio, you can totally stack him and Ryan together. What about Todd Gurley? He leads the league in red zone carries, and they're going to feed him the rock. They want it when he's inside the 20. They want to give it to him. Come on, bets. You're going to tell me no. <laughs> no, I can't do it. I cannot do it with Todd Gurley. I just, if you're not named Derrick Henry and you're running back that doesn't catch passes, I will not play you. I I, I just can't. I mean, his usage inside the, the 20 is great, but at some point he's not going to find the end zone. And when that happens, you're stuck with like five points. So yeah, man, I, just watching him play and kind of watching how touchdown dependent he is, to me, he's just so difficult to trust. If you want to play him as a pivot off of the pass catchers in Atlanta, um, as a, a big field like GPP play, I'm fine with it, but I certainly can't trust him in cash. Yeah, just against the Saints run defense, it's just not good. Man, Todd Gurley, like when we look at him, we think of this like plotting touchdown dependent, like... I have a dynasty team that three years ago had Todd Gurley and David Johnson on it. And I felt like a G like, I was like, I'm running away with this league. Now <laughs> those guys are like, like worthless on my team. Now it's, yep. it's dynasty changes a lot. So yeah, Gurley, I think is, is getting the volume, but not worth it. And then we'll just mention Hayden Hurst. New Orleans has given up the six most uh, fantasy points to tight ends. He's only 4,400 on, on DraftKings. He's more of a tournament play for me. If you want to double stack Julio and Hurst, 
and Kamara on the other side. I think that's uh, one way to look at it. Any other stacks, ways that you would configure this game for tournaments? I think there's also a scenario too that exists where if you're playing Jameis Winston, the very, very, very obvious choice for everyone is going to be Michael Thomas. He's going to be really highly rostered this week, and rightly so. But I also would potentially look to Emmanuel Sanders um, as a pivot and a very, very uh, contrarian type of play in GPP. And the main reason being on FanDuel's price, $5,600 is great. And if we're talking ourselves into a narrative where Jameis is the old Jameis who just chucks it deep, that's not where Michael Thomas wins. That's more of Emmanuel Sanders. So I think that that's kind of an intriguing large field tournament type of play. But again, it's it's kind of a one-off that I'll probably have in a lineup or two. I'm not going to build around it uh, by any means. For tournaments, you can look at these defenses too. I mean, either one of them. Like with the Falcons, you're rolling the dice and saying Winston's going to commit three turnovers. Um, and they're they're pretty cheap. And then the Saints at home. If you want to do Kamara and the Saints defense and just say, you know what, I think Matt Ryan's going to self-implode, that's totally doable as well. So give me your Vegas pick. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the Saints here, minus four and a half. It's kind of scary trusting <laughs> trusting Jameis Winston, but I trust the defense a lot more on New Orleans than I do in Atlanta, so I will take the Saints. I will take the over, and uh, I, I, can't, I can't choose against my Falcons. I just, there's too much in my heart. That is connected to this team. Gosh, I love our. I, I still love our team. I love us, but uh, <laughs> next year. All right, next game is the Green Bay Packers at the Indianapolis Colts. This should be a good one. The Colts are two and a half point home favorites, and this game has a fifty-one point total. We've got Rodgers versus Rivers, and it's just interesting. This game has a total that's pretty high, uh, but these teams play so slow. Like if you really look at it, like Green Bay is last in the league in pace of play. I mean, they're just way down there. Indianapolis, they want to establish the run, use those running backs. So uh, how does this game going to play out? Like, how is it going to get to 51? What what kind of game script are you seeing? Well, to be honest with you, I'm not sure it does. I certainly would lean towards the under in this one. Uh, the total to me is kind of surprising. I think the way that it gets there is that, you know, Aaron Rodgers has just been so good this year that, Defense doesn't matter, basically, right? Like the Colts have stopped everyone they faced in terms of shutting down their quarterbacks. We saw it most recently with Ryan Tannehill last week. And if that plays out, then the under hits. If it doesn't, Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams, et cetera, can get going. Then I think the over can get there. But, you know, to be honest with you, I don't see that really being the likely scenario. So this is a game that I'll have a little bit of exposure to, but I definitely don't want to like full blown game stack this where I'm going you know, quarterback and two pass catchers and like two pass catchers on the other side, which I've done in the past in some games. This is not the game to do that for me. So it's a really intriguing matchup. I'm kind of interested to get your take on it because I've kind of been hung up on a couple of the plays that I could sort of talk myself into, but I don't actually love. So yeah, I'm having a tough time with it. What do you think? I think when I was looking at this matchup, like there's no one that I really trust in cash, maybe outside of like Devonte Adams and you're, you're going to have to pay up. So I want either Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara in my lineup. So most of my configuration so far haven't included Adams. So really in this game, I look at it, I'm like, I don't really see who I'm sticking in my cash game lineup. But for tournaments, uh, I think this is a game where Rodgers can go over 300 yards. The Colts haven't allowed one yet, but I, I do think Rodgers can get there. But it's the, it's actually the Colts side, which I think is where you can get the most different from everyone else. I think people don't want to play Phillip Rivers that much because he's Phillip Rivers. Uh, but 
on DraftKings, like the dude can get to 300 yards. Like we saw that this past Thursday, he just dinks and dunks his way. And if Jire Alexander is out, Michael Pittman is in play. But that that's just the big thing for me. That changes a lot of the course of what's going on. We know that Green Bay gives up a ton of yards to the running back position. And so Naeem Hines got a little bit of a bump in price, but still at 5,200 on DraftKings, like with his pass catching pedigree, I think in tournaments, like he's super fun. I think he's someone that you could say, I'm going to go Rivers, I'm going to go Hines, and then maybe Pittman, and then bring it back with Adams on the other side. I think that's totally fine. Or maybe you want to do Aaron Jones. I think on the Colts side is where you can get the most different and and, and have options because they're cheap. Like these are these are guys that are that are cheap that allow you to basically get a Dalvin Cook or or get a Kamara on your lineup. Uh, and T.Y. Hilton doesn't exist to me. I'll just at least mention that. Like I f- I feel bad because I want to play him, but uh, I'll, I'm staying away. So a- any thoughts about the running backs? I think that's the core of of what you need to figure out if you're using this game. Yeah, it's really intriguing. I was reading an article answering last week's game about how the plan for the Colts is to continue to still go with Jonathan Taylor early in the game and then just kind of see like what happens from there, which, you know, one part of me is like, oh, that's really intriguing. Like he's the guy they trust first, but then he's been failing. And so they've been taking him out. And that's what really kind of burns you, I think. Um, So Jonathan Taylor to me is like a huge field, you know, sub 5% rostered type of play this week, because if something goes right in this game where they give Jonathan Taylor five to six, you know, touches in the first two drives and all of a sudden he breaks a long one. We know how bad the Green Bay run defense is, right? Like everyone's getting work on the ground against them. If that works, they could potentially stick with him this week. So I, you know, if I'm playing in a big field tournament, I am going with Jonathan Taylor as a very contrarian play, but that's it. That's the only scenario you can do it. I do think though, in other smaller fields, Aaron Jones to me sticks out as a standout GPP type of play because he was chalk last week. Everyone played him and he failed in a fantastic matchup. And on paper, this matchup looks really tough, but we have to remind ourselves too, he hasn't found the end zone since week six. It's now week 11. And for a guy that's as talented as Aaron Jones, you certainly have to expect some positive regression in the touchdown department very, very soon. I think he finds the end zone in this one. I love him for GPPs. Yeah, I think he's a tournament play. Williams is still getting a ton of work. And that scares me to trust again in cash. Uh, so yeah, I like that call. And then I'll mention Alan Lazard. He's coming back this week. He's 4,600 on DraftKings, 5,500 on FanDuel. People will probably want to play MVS after he exploded last week, but the Colts really limit. I mean, the, the way that their defense works is it's a funnel. They're trying to limit things over the top. Um, so I like Lazard as a pivot off of uh, Adams. Uh, don't forget like Lazard was good in those three games. He had 18 points, seven and a half, and then 26 points on, on DraftKings. So I like him to maybe, you know, sneak a touchdown in if you're trying to stack this game. It's just someone different, but overall I, I won't be using this for cash. It's more of saying, how do I want to get different than everyone else? And then I'll throw out, man, the tight ends here. If Jack Doyle's out, Trey Burton is interesting. He's cheap, you know, 3,300. Uh, and then um, I'm changing his name because ever since Bobbert Tunyon's decided to change his name, he's been terrible. So it's Tanyan Harding is your name. I was going to say that's, that's when he was good, when he was Robert Tanyan Harding and we could rush into the show doc and put in the figure skate next to his name as just a symbol of our respect for the man. 
and then he changed his name and he lost his shine. So yeah, I can't play any uh, any Bob Tunyon. Bobbert Tunyon is is not a thing to me anymore. I, there's a lot of tight ends that aren't real anymore. You know, no, but Taysom Hill is. That's true. FanDuel, do it. All right, give me your pick on this one. Yeah, I think Green Bay wins this game straight up. I'm not really sure why they're an underdog in this one, but I would love to take them as as far as the game overall winner and certainly against the spread, obviously, I would take them too. So yeah, give me Green Bay. I'm with you. Green Bay with two and a half points and Aaron Rodgers just sounds sounds juicy in a dome. That sounds fun. All right, next one is Tennessee Titans at the Baltimore Ravens. Remember, this is a rematch of last year's AFC divisional game where Titans shocked the world and just totally just showed up and and trounced the Ravens. We were all like, what? This was supposed to be Mahomes and Jackson. Um, But the Ravens are six and a half point favorites, uh, 49-point total. And the Titans have kind of been sliding for a little bit. I mean, they look, I thought that they had that game in hand. Uh, this past Thursday night, and then it just kind of slipped away from them. And the Ravens uh, lost against the Patriots. So two teams that need a win here. Uh, in terms of pace of play, these are two very different teams. Like Tennessee has been a pace up uh, for the most part. And then the Ravens have kind of slowed things down, obviously, because they want to run the ball. Uh, so where do you want to start here? Uh, what play do you feel like you would want to go with? Let's start with the man who just comes out every November and December and just rips the souls out of the defensive players. It is Derrick Henry. To me, this week on FanDuel, he's a standout play, $8,200. He's just $200 more on FanDuel, which is silly compared to DraftKings because he doesn't catch passes. So we don't really care about PPR on FanDuel, which obviously really fits Derrick Henry's skill set well. He's a great, great value over there. But you look at this Baltimore defense, right? And early in the season, you could not run on them. But they've had a bunch of injuries on the defensive line and in the linebacking core. And we saw just this past week, Damian Harris and Cam Newton went absolutely bonkers against them on the ground. So this sets up extremely well for Derrick Henry to come out and smash. He had over uh, 190 rushing yards, 195, and a passing touchdown, actually, against Baltimore in the playoffs. If you guys remember that jump pass the line of scrimmage last year, which was fun. But yeah, to me, he's he's the, the place I would start if I'm stacking this game. I definitely want to be over overweight, so to speak, on Derrick Henry exposure this week in, in DFS. I, too, want to be extremely obese and overweight for Derrick Henry. That's one of my goals. Come on, baby. 8,200. That is just a, like a gross misprice because I think when you look at Baltimore, uh, some people will be scared off. But yeah, this team was destroyed on the ground last week with Damian Harris. And Henry destroyed them last year. So yeah, on FanDuel, he's in my cash game lineup. Uh, and I really like this game. I like the way this game sets up with these two teams. Uh, you may think Baltimore slow it down with the defense, but I think this is the week Lamar Jackson actually breaks out. He's the QB one in price uh, on DraftKings. And I still love it. 7,400 is too cheap for someone with his type of ceiling. So uh, Lamar Jackson and Betts, is this the week? Please tell me, is this the week that we get something from Hollywood Brown? I think it is. And the only reason I say I think it is is because his price on FanDuel is absolutely silly. We talked about it with Derrick Henry, you know, and for listeners that haven't heard us before, uh, basically on DraftKings, the pricing is different. So FanDuel, you'll see a lot more elevated prices on DraftKings are lower. He is just $100 more on FanDuel, which essentially means he's like... 10 wide receivers cheaper than he would be on DraftKings. He's extremely mispriced based off of his upside in this matchup alone. I'm not saying he's been great this year. He's been actually pretty bad, to be honest with you. But in this 
matchup. It, to me, the GP play GPP lineup of the week, the, the team that I'm going to play probably a lot of, Lamar Jackson to Marquise Brown, bring it back with Derrick Henry because this Tennessee defense, man, they are so bad. They have allowed 27 or more points to opposing offenses in six of their last seven games. So you're telling me the Ravens are going to score 30-ish points in this game. Have you seen those running backs, Kyle? They are not looking good. So if they're going to score, it's going to be through Lamar, and it's going to be through one of the pass catchers. I'll put my money with Marquise Brown this week, and I'm terrified to see what happens because now that's out in the airwaves, and I might look absolutely silly by saying that, but I think this is the week for Hollywood Brown. Yeah, he went for 126 against the same team last year in the playoffs. So I, I love it. I think he's a great play. And Mark Andrews, you're having to pay up. I'm using air quotes here uh, because he's really not that much that not that expensive for the tight end one, especially on DraftKings at 4,900. So one of those two guys, I mean, that's the best part about this team is, you know, where most of the targets are going to be. It's condensed. Yes. Willie Sneed got two touchdowns this past week, um, but it's, it's Marquise Brown or it's Mark Andrews. And then I'll just mention, if I had to pick a Ravens running back, I would go with Gus Edwards. Um, I think he's getting some looks inside the 20 near the goal line. If you're wanting to go there, he's at least a play on FanDuel that you want to do. But other than that, I, I'm just staying away from those running backs. On the Titans side, A.J. Brown was a massive disappointment on Thursday night. He dropped that long bomb. Do we go back to him this week? It's really tough. On DraftKings, he is priced up like crazy. He's $7,200 on DK, which is the wide receiver five in pricing on the slate. And at that type of pricing, I don't think I can do it based off of two things. One is we just know that this Tennessee offense goes through Derrick Henry, especially in the, in the months of November and December. And then you look at Baltimore. While they have struggled in recent weeks against the ground, uh, they've actually been pretty good through the air as far as defending wide receivers third fewest fantasy points to the wide receivers, and it's no pass volume. So there's not a lot to like about A.J. Brown this week, specifically outside of the fact that he's just a great football player and a, a monster out there. So to me, he's nothing more than a contrarian GPP type of play that I don't think a lot of people are going to be on. But outside of that, no thank you. Yeah, Corey Davis is interesting because his salary has dropped almost a 1,000 on DraftKings. So he would be somebody that you can run it back with. Um, I think a lot more people are going to be playing Brown just because of the name. Um, but both of those guys are interesting. Ryan Tannehill, he's just not getting the volume that I want. Um, but in tournaments, once again, like if you want leverage, you're saying, hey, I don't think Henry gets there. It's actually the pass catchers that are going to get there. Um, but for me, Henry's the top play on this. I do not trust Jonu Smith. I want to. He's, he's awesome. I found this stat out. Did you know that since week five, Ferkser, your boy, Anthony Ferkser, has more targets and more receptions than Jonu Smith? Why is that? Are you trying to make me cry, Kyle? Are you trying to make me cry? Anthony freaking Ferkser has more production than (laughs) Jonu Smith. Oh, my gosh. Did you know that Ferkser ranks third in the entire league in tight end third down receptions? He's right behind Kelsey and Waller. Like, on third down, this is where... (laughs) <laughs> hey, 2,500 on DraftKings. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, th- for me, this game, if I'm stacking it, I'm saying Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown, Derrick Henry. I think that's the easiest stack that I can do. If you want to do Andrews instead, uh, I think that'll work out fine. So any other ways you want to do this? I don't think so. I think we covered it all. All right. And for me, I will take the over. I think 49 is not enough. I think these teams do score a little bit more. 
Yep, I'm with you on that one for sure. And then I'll also take Tennessee plus the six and a half. All right, last game we all want to talk about in terms of stacking. Uh, it is the New England Patriots at the Houston Texans. So uh, we got some teams that have some mobile quarterbacks that have kind of underperformed this year. Uh, this game is a 48 point total and New England is two and a half point road favorites, uh, which I thought is basically giving Bill Belichick the benefit of the doubt, uh, on the road. So, um, I want to start off by talking about this and you, you put this on here. I tweeted this today. Can we talk about how the New England defense is actually bad? Like they're bad. And I feel like no one's really talking about this. Get this. The Patriots in terms of yards per pass attempt, 32nd, that's last people. Yards per play, 32nd. Pass success rate, 31st. Defensive DVOA, 32nd. (laughs) Pass DVOA, 30th. Rush DVOA. I mean, they're at the bottom of some of these major categories on a per game, on a per play basis. And the reason why I think it's hidden in some of your fantasy stats is because they slow the game down so much that you're not seeing these monster yardage totals. But on a per play basis, they've been really, really bad. Do you think people know this? Honestly, I don't. I think people are still kind of remembering what happened last year where like literally on a weekly basis in your season long leagues, these guys are winning you your week, like putting up 20, 25 fantasy points, which just doesn't happen. But, you know, they lost a bunch of high profile guys in free agency. They lost a bunch to, you know, COVID-19 holdouts. This is not the same defense um, and they can be exposed. And I think Deshaun Watson will expose him this week. I think he's a fantastic place to start this conversation. I'm really excited about Deshaun Watson stacks here in week 11. 6,500 on DraftKings. Like when you start going down the list and you look at pricing um, on quarterback, like it, it's pretty crazy to think that like you move down about five or six spots and then you see Deshaun Watson on a week where we don't get Kyler Murray. We don't get Patrick Mahomes. We don't get Russell Wilson. Like, you know, at the top, it's Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Ben Roethlisberger. And then at 6,500, you get to Watson. So he's he's a steal this week. And, and you really just say to yourself, do I want Fuller? Do I want Cooks? Do I want both? Like, it's a very easy way to double stack this week. So um, New England's also just not getting pressure on the quarterback. And Watson has taken a ton of sacks in the past. But if you're not worried about this week, I think he's a great play. I have him right now in my cash game lineup in DraftKings because I feel like he's so safe. Post Bill O'Brien, dude, he's been awesome. Like he's been incredible. How do you think Bill is feeling after watching DeAndre Hopkins go up and get that game-winning touchdown reception? I like. I, I wonder what that <laughs> That's guy's doing. The first doing. thing I thought of. <laughs> well, like a, after, like he's probably like stalking. Like he's the night stalker at, at, at like a certain outlet mall. Like that's what he's doing right now. There's no 100%. way anybody can give this guy a football job. I, I'm sure you're a great guy, Bill. I'm sure some people like you. DeAndre oh, didn't like absolutely. you. Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, I just, dude, you made one of the worst trade. I mean, that'll be, go down as one of the worst trades. Ever. And we love David Johnson. Ever. Don't get me wrong. We still love him as a person, but as just a football value, that was that was a crazy trade. So um, who do you like better between Fuller and Cooks? I like Brandon Cooks. It, mostly just a price thing, right? Like Will Fuller, 6,200 over on DraftKings. Brandon Cooks is a full thousand cheaper. He's 5,200 over there. And the thing that's the most important that we obviously need to talk about is the revenge game narrative, which is always a sticky stat week after week after week. But you guys, you know, recall Brandon Cook spent one year with New England and they shipped him off to L.A. at the time 
to go play uh, with the Rams. But yeah, revenge game narrative, you got to lock it in. Um, the thing that I love most about him, though, is just people have this idea in their head that like, oh, Will Fuller is the one and Brandon Cooks is the two. So that's how we'll play it. But Brandon Cooks lead this team in targets by a wide margin, like not even close. And he's averaging 9.4 targets per game over his last five. His price has dropped since last week because they were playing in that bad weather game in Cleveland. So to me, he's a standout play. I think he's great in cash. I have him in there with with stacked with Deshaun Watson in my cash lineups at $5,200. And you look at this Patriots defense, like what are they going to do? They're going to look at this offense and say, well, Duke Johnson isn't scary. But the guy that can beat us really deep and, you know, win the game essentially for the Texans is Will Fuller. And they've shut him down in the past. He went three for 16, one reception for eight yards and three receptions for 31 yards the three times that he's faced the Patriots. So, yeah, give me Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I don't get that price. You know, when you look at his targets over the last five games, 12, 9, 9, 9, and 8. Like, that doesn't make any sense um, other than just the weather game that they would drop him. So, yeah, I love Brandon Cooks. I think you can play him in cash. And then with Fuller, you know, it's like I know he's going to probably get the Stephon Gilmore coverage. Maybe not shadow him, but a lot of the game. And if you look at his last three games against the Pats, it's been nothing. I mean, it's been terrible. So I'm not saying you can't play Fuller, but, like, Cooks is just way ahead um, for for a number of reasons. On the Patriots side, like there's a there's a couple of question marks, but in terms of wide receivers, Jacoby Myers is only 4900. He has a 40% target share over the last 2 weeks. Like that's that's not possible for any player much less Jacoby Myers to get that. So, on DraftKings, I would play him in cash right now. I think that's a salary saver. You're you're getting a safe floor there. Um I, I think I trust him, but uh, with Cam Newton, how do you feel about him in tournaments? I think he's a great play. I think you could consider him in cash as well this week. People have this idea in their head that Cam Newton's been bad, and he hasn't looked as good as he did early in the season. I will give you that. But he's actually been a QB1, a top 12 option, in six of his eight starts. And this defense, man, Houston, you talked about how bad the Patriots defense has been. Houston has been absolutely horrific. They are giving up an 18-2 to touchdown-to-interception ratio. 18 to 2. Like, they cannot take the ball away from anyone. They're dead last in passer rating allowed to opposing QBs. So, yeah, to me, Cam Newton is a great play. And obviously, he's always a threat inside the five yard line to find the end zone on the ground. So, yes, Cam Newton to me, great GPP play. It's crazy that he's been a quarterback one in six of his eight starts. And the dude has three passing touchdowns. Three. Like, He's getting it done uh, in in a couple different ways. So I even don't mind him in cash at sixty two hundred. I think Watson's a better play, uh, but I think I think Newton can get there. And then let's talk about these running backs because Damian Harris is getting these yards, like he's just getting chunk play after chunk play, but he's not visiting the end zone. So are these like for fantasy purposes? Is this like hollow yards that we're seeing that we're like, oh, he went over a hundred? I mean, that's just a total that that moves us that we want to play him but it is he going to get in the end zone like if he doesn't get in the end zone he's not going to pay off no he's probably not especially on DraftKings, where you know he literally has like two targets this year like he just is he's he is slating michelle but better in terms of running the football they don't use him in the passing game that's james white and that's rex burkhead but over on fanduel he's fifty eight hundred dollars he's just one hundred dollars more expensive there so he's a phenomenal value where obviously it fits his skill set right like he's kind of like the very, 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 very light version of Derrick Henry where he's not involved in the passing game, but he can still get there on the ground. So I do think he's in play this week on FanDuel. 
given the price, given how he wins, and given how bad this Houston run defense is. They've allowed 12 all-purpose touchdowns to running backs so far this year, and they're giving up a league worst 5.53 yards per carry. So, like, literally, you hand the ball off twice and you get a first down. Like, that's it's so bad, man. So, yeah, I think Damian Harris is in play uh, on FanDuel only. I'll mention Rex Burkhead. He's 4,600 on DraftKings. I feel like Cam loves him around, you know, in the red zone. And he's super tempting. But, you know, with this backfield, you cannot just bank on anything. Like, as much as we think we know, it could completely shift. So uh, I like him if you're stacking this game. If you're saying I'm going to do Watson and Cooks and bring it back with Burkhead, uh, I think that's that's a fine way to look at it. I just don't fully trust him in cash. He could end up with you know four carries and like two targets. Like that that could totally happen. So uh, in this game, if I am going to stack the Patriots side, it's going to be Newton and it's going to be Myers, and then maybe I'll run it back with Cooks. Uh, and then one player I haven't mentioned is Duke Johnson. He was a major failure last week. Like if you played him last week, you were super disappointed. He had the revenge game and it didn't work. So our process, I don't get it, Bets. I thought that was it. I thought that was the key. <laughs> Tried and true, man. He's the only one that hasn't worked out. 5,400 on DraftKings. Interested. Not really. You know, I, like I like Duke Johnson, but maybe he's just not a bell cow back. Like maybe he's just better when he's in that complimentary role. And, you know, this week when there's not, there's not like those standout plays that you want to just like jam into your lineup on the wide receiver position. There is those type of plays at, at running back, you know, with Dalvin cook um, and Alvin Kamara. Like I want to spend up to get those stud running backs. I'm not going to play Duke Johnson this week. To me, he's just kind of off my draft or off my, uh, my board this week in DFS. All right. And so for your Vegas pick, where are you going? I'll take the over, you know, this is just two bad defenses that, offenses that can succeed and can win i think 48 is pretty low especially in today's nfl so i'll take the over i will take the over as well i just think uh, there's just not enough here where i think these teams can stop one another i think these quarterbacks will duel it out so it's it'll be a fun matchup i like it a lot all right so we mentioned earlier let's go through some quick picks meaning we're gonna just give you a game and say okay here's the guys we like here's what we're doing with our lineups and uh, suggestions for some of this so i'll start us off uh, these totals are not quite as high as the others. They're all under 48 currently. Uh, but the Cowboys coming off the bye at the Vikings. Dalvin Cook should be locked in. Uh, Cowboys are giving out 157 rushing yards a game. Uh, so I think Dalvin or Kamara, the two. And then Justin Jefferson, love him for tournaments. He's 6,000 on DraftKings. He's a great play. And if you're going to bring him back with the Dallas wide receiver, Michael Gallup is 3700 That's way too cheap. You could play him in cash because he's cheap enough there where if you get two or three catches and, you know, he gets eight points, he totally uh, totally is fine. And then I'll mention Amari Cooper. If Andy Dalton's back, Amari Cooper could be in play. Yeah, for sure. I like those calls quite a bit. The next game that we can look at is the Lions at the Panthers, two quarterbacks dealing with injuries. So we kind of need to see what happens. And, you know, I, I say this every week on the show. Be sure to check out the Injury Blitz podcast of, exclusive for the Foot Clan at jointhefoot.com. But on there, I'll talk more about what we're going to know about these quarterbacks because Teddy Bridgewater is dealing with an MCL injury and uh, Matthew Stafford is dealing with a partially torn ligament in his thumb. So to me, that says, okay, well, let's play the running backs, right? Because both these teams on defense can't stop the run. DeAndre Swift had a breakout game last week. Mike Davis is is reasonably priced. 
He's 6,800 on DraftKings. He's not priced up to where maybe he could be if he's going to get a ton of volume. And so, yes, I like the running backs quite a bit. And I also will point out one more play. DJ Moore in, in GPPs against Desmond Trufant to me is a great type of play. He's really expensive on FanDuel. He's like the wide receiver 10 for some reason. But, you know, over on, on DraftKings, uh, 5,600 is a great price. And I'm sure you'll talk about that a lot more in the wide receiver cornerback matchup. But Desmond Trufant is getting beat left and right. Uh, this year. Yeah. Former Falcon. He's way past his prime. I wrote about him this past week uh, with Terry McLaurin. So uh, your boy. So I, I thought yes, that was a great pick. And then DJ Moore, I played him last week in a couple of tournaments and uh, was pretty thankful, especially the beginning of the game. All right. New York Jets at Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers defense is an obvious play. Um, if you just want to, if you think they're going to get after the quarterback against Joe Flacco, but Kalen Balaj is 5,500 on, on a couple, let's see, let me make sure I get this right. Kalen Balaj is 5,600 on DraftKings, 5,800 on FanDuel. Um, he's getting the volume. He has 40 touches the past two weeks, which is insane that we're talking about Kalen Balaj in week 11 on a different team, not the Jets. <laughs> he was on the Jets earlier this year, so there is a revenge game. Um, but I am a sucker for the Chargers. So if you want to do a Chargers onslaught stack, Justin Herbert, my boy Keenan Allen, if you want to stack that, I do think you could bring it back with a Denzel Mims or Brashad Perryman, who seems to be someone that Joe Flacco likes. And Jalen Guyton is a dart throw that I will mention, 3,700. If you want a deep play, uh, I don't mind. He's getting 76% of the snaps. He's had a couple of just long bombs this year. So if you are... Game stacking that one, uh, throw his name in there. Yeah, I like that quite a bit. Also, to speak to Kalen Balaj real quick, there was a quote that came out today from Anthony Lynn talking about how they want to get him more opportunities and more touches. So <laughs> I actually think he's he's kind of interesting, and I'm, I'm excited to play him in a couple season-long teams, which, man, if you told me I'd be playing Taysom Hill and TFS and Kalen Balaj in my redraft leagues, I would say you're out of your mind. But 2020, man, here we are. Next game, Bengals at the Washington football team. Just like the the Chargers kind of call against the Jets, the Washington defense is like a great play. It's going to be a huge defensive line versus offensive line mismatch for, for Cincinnati. And then, you know, looking at the, the plays at the skill position, Alex Smith is actually kind of intriguing just given he's the best quarterback that's been the Washington quarterback in the last year and a half, right? Like he's been good for guys like our boy Terry McLaurin who leads the NFL in air yard share at 41%. And J.D. McKissick, who is just getting an obscene amount of targets. What does he have, like 33 or 34 over the last two weeks? Like, it's just crazy. So on DraftKings, J.D. McKissick is in play. Terry McLaurin is in play every single week, especially against Cincinnati. Obviously, that secondary doesn't scare you. And then you can pick one of the pass catchers to bring it back with, whether it's T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd. I also throw out the Washington defense, 2,900. Not a bad play. Joe Burrow getting pressured almost as much as anyone all right, I'm going to talk about your Eagles bets. Eagles at Browns. And um, at first, this looks like an ugly game. Austin Hooper is a pretty cheap play if you need a tight end on DraftKings at 3,900. Eagles give up the most fantasy points to tight ends. Uh, your team's bad at defending the tight end. So you guys are bad at everything. That. that is true. Carson Wentz. Nope, don't play him. Just don't do it. Ever. Never, ever. Nope. Maybe, maybe if you're getting weird in a tournament and you're saying Carson Wentz is a way that I can burn my money. Um, I did think about it a little bit this week, Beth. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, maybe I should play Carson Wentz. Um, I'll just say Nick Chubb, uh, Philly 
defensive front is kind of intimidating. Like we usually think of Fletcher Cox, like we think of this team as kind of scary, but they've allowed the seventh most rushing yards per game. And teams, when they're scoring, they're scoring via the ground. 52% of teams opposing touchdown, uh, opposing teams touchdowns are via the ground. So I like Nick Chubb. Um, I think he's a great play. If you want somebody in the Eagles, it's probably Jalen Rager, maybe Miles Sanders. Um, he's still probably expensive. This isn't my favorite matchup for, for Miles Sanders, but uh, I like Nick Chubb as kind of a, a, a running back that's a little bit further down, not from that top tier, but a step below. Yeah, I like that call quite a bit. The last two games, and we can just be real quick with these, like the Dolphins and the Broncos. You know, it's it's tricky. Like, we don't even know if if Drew Locke's going to be starting for the Broncos, and it's tough to trust anyone on that, that side of the ball, especially if he's not starting, let alone if he is starting. And then on the Dolphins side, you know, Dabate Parker has been fine. He's been, you know, he just hasn't been great for DFS, but he's been kind of a, a tournament type of play if you want to. Salvat Ahmed came out and saw a ton of work last week, so he's cheap. I think he's 4,900 on, on DK if you want a running back potentially against uh, the Broncos. But to me, that's kind of it in this game. And then the Steelers and the Jaguars, you guys know the Steelers are a good offense. They're throwing a ton, and the Jaguars are not <laughs> that good. So to me, that, that's kind of the last two on the slate. And I, I'm interested in some stacks with Steelers, but are you, if you stack that game, are you going to bring it back with the Jaguar or you just kind of go like mega stack with the Steelers? I mean, Shark obviously is tempting as just like you've seen a ceiling. You know that he could go off. Uh, I just don't trust Jake Luton at all. Like, And I don't want to play James Robinson. I, I, the workload might be there, but I don't want to play him against the Steelers. So I think the best play is Deontay Johnson because he's still priced as the wide receiver three for some reason, despite his target share, despite seems like he's the alpha. Um, man, but those three receivers, you know, and just in terms of real football, like that's, this is a good team and they're not even really using James Conner at all. And big Ben's looking great. So yeah, if you want to do big Ben and Deontay Johnson or big Ben and some of the pass catchers, I think that's fine. Uh, but I just, I don't love the game stack. Like I don't love the Jaguar side. Any other thoughts on that? No, I'm with you on that for sure. All right, let's do a battle Royale. DFS battle Royale. I gained a point on bets. So those scoring at home bets has 22 wins this year. And I have 20. Uh, and each week we pick five different categories this week. We will be using DraftKings pricing. And the goal of this is to compete against one another and to give you a couple of plays just in certain categories that you can use for your lineup. So bets, give us a stacking quarterback under 6k on DraftKings. There's not a lot that I love this week, and I think the obvious answer would be Jameis Winston, but I don't want to do that because we already talked about him. So I'm going to go with Joe Burrow this week. He's going up against Washington, which we talked about. The defensive line for Washington is good. They can win in this matchup, no doubt about it, but they're just letting Joe Burrow throw the football a ton. They're also way up there in pace of play. They're fifth in pace of play over the last month. They run the fourth most combined plays this season when you look at both offenses kind of in terms of the, the game total. So Tons of volume. You love that. He's 5,500, which is great. It's cheap. And then you can stack him easily with either Tyler Boyd, who's the wide receiver 13 in PPR over the last seven weeks, or T. Higgins, who, by the way, is the wide receiver 11 in that time span. So great wide receivers. You can pick and choose which one you want to stack him with. Yeah, I think I love that call because you're betting on volume. You're betting on a player that's getting, you know, 45, 50 plus attempts. 
and you're saying, I'm going to do Burrow and, I don't know, Tyler Boyd or Higgins, and then running back with McLaurin. Like, that's super easy to do. Maybe it's McKissick um, because Alex Smith uh, and him love each other. Smooches. Uh, speaking of, I'll go with Alex Smith as just a super cheap 5,300 on DraftKings. That gives you a ton. Um, the Bengals ranked 29th in DVOA, 27th against the position. Um, so if you're doing Smith and you're doing McLaurin or McKissick, you're just able to do so much more. But what you're asking Alex Smith to do is you actually need the Bengals side to keep up because if Alex Smith wants to, you know, he can just put it in cruise control and end up with 180 passing yards if he wants. So you're, you need this Bengals side to just really explode. Um, and you need Smith to, to throw two touchdowns, which last week it was 300 and, and none. Uh, so it's risky, uh, but the salary savings is also pretty sweet. Give me a cash game running back not named. Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara. All right. How about Mike Davis? Whoa. 6,800 on DK. I know another week without CMC. And I feel like Mike Davis has kind of let us down in the last month of the season or so. But the matchups he's had have been extremely tough. And we talked about it last week. We said he's 4K, but the matchup is horrible. So if he was priced up at like 7K last week, we wouldn't have played him. But he was so cheap that we did. And so I feel like people just don't think it's a good play, but you look at the matchup, right? This is a game where literally everyone is running on Detroit. They're 27th in rush defense DVOA. They've given up the most DraftKings points to the running back position. So to me, Mike Davis is a fine cash game play at 6,800 over there on DK. I'm going to go with Kalen Balazs and it's weird to say it, but he, I mean, I think he's a like good, like a really good play on FanDuel. On FanDuel, he's 5,800. On DraftKings, he's a great play at 5,600. But FanDuel, he's in my cash game lineup right now. I just, man, this guy's getting way too many touches. It's weird to say it. Last week, he had seven attempts in the red zone. Seven. Like, that's that's just pure gold, including he had five receptions last week. This is a guy who we used to make fun of because he couldn't catch the ball at all. Um, Like, he's he's been pretty consistent as a pass catcher, even when he was on the Jets. Like, he was seeing targets. So, Kalen Balaj is just going to get fed. I mean, they're favorites at home against the Jets. I think you can play him in cash. And because of his price, like you're asking for like, you know, somewhere between 12 and 15 points. And I think that's doable. I think he can find the end zone. So uh, just mark my words, people. Kalen Balaj, cash gameplay week 11. We'll never talk about him again in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Every time you say his name, I just kind of like, laugh to myself like is this really happening and then i say yes it is <laughs> yes yes it absolutely is all right give me a cheap wide receiver a cheapy on DraftKings under five thousand. all right this is a man that people might not know it's cam sims and Ooh. the reason i'm going with him exactly cam sims is a wide receiver for washington not steven sims cam sims he's 3300 on dk and the only reason i'm bringing his name up is because a the cheap wide receivers this week are not good. Like I wanted to take your guy, and then I looked at the rest of the list, and I was like, oh, everyone else is, is bad. So I'm not saying play this guy in cash. I, I wouldn't do that. I think he's a great tournament play. He's last three games, 88% of the snaps, 74, and then 94% of the snaps last week. He's seen nine targets over the last two games, so it's not a ton of volume. But at $3,300, you're asking this guy to put up maybe one or two catches for like 60 yards and a touchdown. He is the deep play threat for Washington and obviously Cincinnati is not a good defense they've given up the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers so to me he's the off the wall cheap wide receiver that you can play if you want to get a little weird this week 
Yeah, when I was looking at the list of, of cheap wide receivers, you know, Denzel Mims is way down there at 3,300. So he's kind of interesting if you want to stack that game. Jaheim, or Jakeem Grant, 3,500. There's not a ton of great options. I did sadly see AJ Green's name down there at 3,600. We need, ah, man, I feel so bad for that guy because I'm a huge fan. Um, I have him in Dynasty, and maybe I just need to give him a Viking funeral and just push him off the edge after this year. But uh, CAJ, that's not the guy I'm talking about. It's uh, Jacoby Myers. Uh, like we said earlier, he's seen a great target share, 4,900. I mean, listen to these target totals the last four weeks, 6, 10, 14, 7, and a passing touchdown this past week. So uh, that's just what you want to see. It seems like Cam Newton says this is the guy. I mean, other than Nikhil Harry, like who else do they have at wide receiver right now? It's just nobody else. I, I think you can trust him in cash if you want to go there. It's a it's a great price range. So Jacoby Myers, forty nine hundred. Give me like your punt, punt tight end. Yeah, I'll go with Dallas Goddard. He's thirty eight hundred dollars on DraftKings this week. His price went down quite a bit, um, six hundred bucks since last week on their site. And you know people are upset about Dallas Goddard because everyone played him and they wanted a big game and everyone said, oh, Zach Ertz is out. Like he's supposed to be a top five tight end. Well. Cleveland has been atrocious this year against tight ends. They're giving up the six most receptions. And last week, Goddard still played 93% of the snaps. He ran the fourth most routes at the tight end position last week. So at his price dropping to $3,800, to me, he's a great DraftKings type of play if you want to punt this week on their site. But a reminder, guys, on FanDuel, you're punting with with Taysom Hill. (laughs) That's true. Uh, On DraftKings, we're talking about Drew Sample. No, not Drew Sample. He's... uh... He's forever in the oh. archives of this show. He had that one week that we talked about him. That was it. He made the whiteboard. That's true. <laughs> I need to keep track of, I mean, I know you have pictures each week of who my whiteboard people are, but they probably all failed. Let's be honest. We did talk about Julio. Yeah. That was a great week. That was a great Ju- week. Julio showed up. Um, my punt tight end is Logan Thomas, 3,300. Cincinnati ranks 31st against the position. And the best part all about Logan Thomas is the dude is out on the field. I mean, last week, 98.5% of the snaps. Week before, 100% of the snaps. That's all you can really ask for the tight end position. He leads the league in routes run uh, for the entire year. Uh, I think he's, I don't want to say safe. Nobody's really safe at the tight end position. (laughs) But at least you can count on just him being out there. And hopefully he lucks into a touchdown. That's what you're really asking for. (laughs) Every four weeks. Can you score a touchdown for me? So uh, the price is way down there. I do like Austin Hooper a little bit more at 3,900, but if you're saving, uh, if you want to dip down to Logan Thomas, don't mind that at all. All right, give me your sneaky. Ooh, this is a sneaky defense. Yeah, the price is kind of what makes it intriguing. It's it's the Falcons at $2,300. Now, is it a good defense? No, but have you seen Jameis Winston play football? Yes, and it has been quite bad. Mr. 30 for 30 himself. Fumbles, interceptions, pick sixes, all the above. Could that happen this week? Yeah, potentially. Could he be, you know, under study of Drew Brees and just be really safe? Yes, also that's possible. But to me, it's worth the risk at $2,300. I've found myself going to them in cash because I feel like I need the money to get up to other players. So I'll be playing the Falcons defense. If you guys want to go down with me, that's where I'll be. So to me, give me the Falcons at 2300 bucks. 
This next one is Washington defense, the football team. Uh, they rank second in adjusted sack rate, which is very good. And then the Bengals, their O-line is just pieced together. It's a patchwork group. They rank 30th in adjusted line yards. So it's just a, a weak crew. And I think they can get after the quarterback. Joe Burrow's not been great under pressure. They're at home. They're favorites. So uh, I like Washington at 2,100. I think that they are a great play. So before we go, we want to mention our DraftKings tournament. It's been filling up. People have just been hopping in the league. Bets, you actually tweeted it out uh, earlier on Wednesday. So when you guys hear this podcast, the thing you want to do is you want to look at Betts' tweet. Um, you can message us, and we'll invite you into our DraftKings league where each week uh, we get to do a contest. Next week for Thanksgiving, I'm going to do a special Thanksgiving Day slate. So you can maybe get a part of that one if you can't make it in our main slate one. But each week, uh, $5 entry, the top five usually pays out. And uh, I'll see for the Thanksgiving. Do I want a winner take all? Do, I wa- do we want to take everyone's money? Oh. Well, I haven't won yet. So <laughs> I think at some point I will win, hopefully. So yes, let's do it. Let's do winner take all for, for Turkey Day. Ooh, that'd be perfect. So yeah, it's really fun. Uh, and it's a great way if you're kind of intimidated by large field tournaments, uh, I've found that playing these smaller fields is just helpful where you don't have to get so contrarian. You're not trying to find the, you know, 1% rostered wide receiver. Uh, you can play a lineup that's good and then mix it up a little bit. So uh, really encourage you guys play with us on DraftKings. So Bets, any last thoughts as we close down this thing? I don't think so, man. It was a great show as per usual. I'm excited about week 11 and I'm even more excited about two shows next week. Come on, guys. Hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you guys next week. Good luck on week 11. Good luck. Have some fun. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.